This is going to be a great series because I believe God has a purpose for every single person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And this series is about helping you find your place in the kingdom of God. And not just any place, but your niche. And before we get started, I just want to say this. There are some people who have found their niche serving in our military. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, so can we just do this? Can we just have the veterans stand up in the room? And I know you don't like to do this, but I just, I think honor deserved is honor due. So if you just stand up, we just want to recognize you for a moment and say thank you for your service. Come on, can we give it up for our veterans? Now, I just, I just want to say this. I, if I polled every single one of them, and I, and I know a lot of them, and I kind of know their hearts because I've spoken with them, they hate that I just did that. <laughs> they, they don't want me to do that. Um, in fact, the, every single veteran I've ever talked to, when I say, well, how can we appreciate you, they inevitably, every single one says, just be thankful for what we do. Just be thankful. Just, just a thank you. And it's interesting to me that when you think about what a veteran does, specifically uh, because the fact is they put life, their life on the line. And some of them have paid the ultimate price. Um, but the fact is the sacrifices that they make is a reflection of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. What in a person says, I'm going to walk to the line that most of us would stop on and actually go further than that? What, what is it about a human being? I've often said, how, how bad do things have to get in the job before they say, I'm done, I quit? And for whatever reason, for vets, that line doesn't seem to exist. They do what's needed, and they do what they're called to do. And that's the exact same thing Jesus did for us when he could have drawn a line in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, I'm not going to go any further than this. It's too hard. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. And he went as far as he could, giving us his all. So vets, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Uh, on behalf of this church, tell you how much we appreciate you. Um, and, and just know that we're pointed to Christ more effectively whenever we see the sacrifice that you make. Can we give it up for the vets one more time? Thank you guys so much. And gals. I, this series is about finding your place in the kingdom of God. Do you know that, that God has a specific place for you to serve? Him in his kingdom. And I'm not just talking about the bridge church. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. It's far, far greater than just one specific group of the church. But you have a specific niche. You have a specific place in the kingdom of God. And I just want to point out the fact that everybody is unique and it's everybody is not the same. Have, have you ever gone people watching? You ever go to Walmart and just go people watching? It's It becomes very apparent that there's a lot of different kinds of people <laughs> in the world when you go somewhere like Walmart. If you, if you go somewhere in Starbucks and just sit down, because that seems to be a place that everyone, they have really comfortable chairs. They want you to stay a while, right? So you go in and you find people doing homework and working, and, um, and you're like, why are you here doing that? It always amazes me, but people do. They find it comforting, and they find it a good place to work. But you can just sit there and watch people, and it's amazing <laughs> the different kinds of people that you see. Uh, it's amazing the different kinds of things that people do. Sometimes it's just amazing uh, the things that people wear, <laughs> you know. And, and, and you see all these different kinds of people, and it's a reflection of God's variety and how vast God is and how there's no pigeonhole, there's no cookie cutter with God. Not one person is exactly the same. 
Um, and it's not just people. Here's what's interesting. Did you know that there are over 300,000 varieties of beetles? I mean, most of you probably would have never known that. But God, in his sovereignty, in his creative imagination that we could never fully grasp, created 300,000 different varieties of beetles. And I know we're all asking the same just beautiful question. Why? <laughs> Why did he do that? I don't know. I'm sure it has something to do with the ecosystem and the way, the way we can't even imagine. Maybe there's some smart people that have figured out a little bit of that. But, but God is a very creative God. Think about this. Every cubic inch of snow has 18 million snowflakes, give or take four, right? And not one snowflake is the same. They're all different. Why would God, this, this awesome being, put that much detail and creativity into something like that? He could have made a, a conveyor belt. He could have kind of made us all the same. He made us all think the same and walk the same and talk the same. And, 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 and sometimes I wonder if he didn't make us think the same so we'd have something to argue about when we argue with people. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not why he did it. He, he made us different because, you know what, nobody wants a copy a copy is cheap, but an original is priceless, and God sees you as priceless. Psalm 139, verses 14 through 15, this is what the psalmist says, I praise you, talking about God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That word wonderfully actually means distinguished, set apart from any other being. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Did you say that in the mirror this morning when you looked at yourself in the mirror? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you said, in about 10 minutes, you will be fearfully and wonderfully made once I do my hair and everything. But he said, I know that full well. And I think sometimes we just, we don't know that full well. We, we think, you know, if I can get to a certain thing in life, then I'll be, or if I can look like that person, then I'll be. But the psalmist says, you know, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. I am distinguished. I'm set apart. You, you made me, God, so, so uniquely, and I know that full well. And I think maybe that's, that's the challenge of this series is to say, you know, God, you made me different than anybody else that's ever lived. And I know that full well. And so, therefore, I will pursue my calling in the kingdom of God, because there's a specific thing that you have for me to do that while other people may do it as well, they won't do it like I will do it exactly because you made me different. And I know that full well. Listen to what he says. My, my frame, my body, it, it wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. That's before the womb, FYI. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Look at verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So not only did God make you uniquely, he made you with a purpose. And everything about you that his purpose was for your life, everything about that he knew beforehand. And so he made you unique, but he also made you with a purpose. He strategized a purpose for you. He thought up creatively, creatively uh, this role that you would fill that nobody else can feel exactly like you. 
And sometimes I think we give in to insecurity and we often look around and we try to find somebody else to copy. Can we just be honest with ourselves for a minute? If I can just aspire to be like that, then people will like me better, right? Or if I could have that, that gifting in God's kingdom, if I, could, if I could sing like Pastor Gage or if I could, if I could play drums like Josh Harrison, right? If I, could, if, I could, uh, if I could be as polite and nice as Andy and Tammy Forrester, or we look at these people that do really good at what God has called them to do and we say, if I could just do that. But the fact of the matter is that God, before he even uh, made you, he had this purpose for you in mind. And when we start looking where we're not, we miss where we are, and we miss the path that God wants us to have. The Bible says this about you in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he planned for us long ago. So he planned these things for you to do, specifically you. And yeah, some of the things, other people may be doing those things, but they can't do it exactly like you. You bring something unique to the table that, that nobody else can bring. You're God's masterpiece. Look at somebody and say, you're a masterpiece. Come on, that was, that was a mumbling masterpiece. Look at, look at some, I don't know if you believe that or not, but look at somebody else. They say, you're God's masterpiece. Now, when you were telling somebody else that, that felt pretty good. But when you were having to listen to somebody else say it, you doubted it, didn't you? I can tell you you're God's masterpiece, but I know me. <laughs> I can tell you that God has a plan for your life, but I know what I've been through, and I know what I struggle with. And it's hard for me to believe that I'm God's masterpiece, but I can tell you that. Isn't it interesting how we do that? But yet the scriptures never change when it says that God knew you, he formed you, he made you fearfully, he made you wonderfully, he's, he made you distinguished and set apart. And yet you're his masterpiece created in him to do good things that he planned, by the way, long before the Bible was written. And yet we have a hard time accepting the fact that we are God's masterpiece. There is not another version of you out there. Did, did you know, th this is interesting to me, if you took the DNA in your body, which is trillions upon trillions upon trillions of, of uh, pieces of information, I'll just say it like that, that are inside of you, if you took them out and laid them end on end, Literally, the, the physical length of them would cross our solar system. And I just need you to put that in context a minute, because when I said it, you didn't comprehend. You were thinking I was going to say, like, from here to the back of the room. No. Cross the solar system twice. That's how much DNA is in you. Now, it's coiled and coiled and coiled in such a way that it packs into our cells that you can't even see it. But that's... All of that DNA that has the, can span across our solar system twice makes up the individual pieces about you that nobody else has. Nobody. And to think, I can sit here and say, I don't matter. The fact is, is that God put in you specific things that are unique only unto you. Yes, you may have two arms like everybody else. Yes, you may have the same haircut as somebody else. Yes, you may sort of look like this person over there. Yes, somebody told you on Facebook that you look like that person's twin, and you thought it was amazing. And, but you're unique. You are made in such a way that nobody else can even come close to matching you. And the God of the universe has a purpose for you. And so knowing that, is, it's important that we find out what that purpose is. 
and start to walk in it. And that's what this series is. And the way we're going to do this is we're actually going to talk about niche. And we're going to talk about a niche profile. We're kind of using that as an acronym so that it, it makes a little bit of sense. But we're going to be talking about niche. And here's how we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to be talking about your natural abilities. How do we find out what God wants us to do? Well, it's made up in this niche profile. It's going to be combined with your natural abilities. Uh, your individuality. Your personality that's, that's unique only unto you. Uh, your charisma gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have from God that he gave to you to use in his kingdom. We're going to be talking about your heart, your passions. What is it that, that you're passionate about? That's important. That goes a long way in figuring out kind of what, what is my path? What, where should I be working in, in God's kingdom? And then, of course, your experiences. Did you know that your experiences are unique only to you? And God brought you through good times and bad times, but the fact is that he brought you through for the purpose of not wasting them, but using everything about your past and about your experiences that are unique only unto you to serve God in a way that only you can. And so we're going to be talking over the next few weeks about these attributes, these things, your niche profile, that if you will uh, put all these things together and follow God's leading, you will find your purpose in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen to that. So today we're going to be talking about natural abilities. Did you know that you have natural abilities that God gave you? You do. It's, it's true. The problem is, is most people that I, I can uh, think about whenever it comes to natural abilities, they tend to focus on the things that they can't do. If I were to tell you to look at somebody and say, just I want you to list 50 things that you can't do, you could probably come up with them pretty quick, Right? But if I were to say, okay, turn to somebody else, and I want you to list 50 things that you can do, you would struggle a little bit. You, I, I don't know. It's like we just we kind of get hesitant because we tend to focus on things that we can't do. Well, I can't do that, or I'm not as good as that person, or I wish I could be that. But the fact is, is that God says, you are my masterpiece. And God didn't say that you're my masterpiece just to make you utterly useless in his kingdom. Like he literally has natural abilities that he has given you that sometimes we have to discover them and sometimes we have to develop them. But the fact is, is that you have natural abilities that God has given you, and, and he wants you to use them because you are his masterpiece. Uh, I, I recently saw a list of natural abilities that we find in the Bible that people had. I just want to read them. Just kind of bear with me here, but follow along. Uh, he gives artistic ability architectural ability, uh, giftings of administration, baking. Amen for that. I'm glad that gifting passed on through the generations. Amen. Boat building, candy making, carpentry, debating. Anybody got that gift? <laughs> Natural ability just to, just to debate. Uh, designing, embalming, embroidering, engineering, engraving, farming, fishing, gardening, helping. Inventing, interpreting, leading, managing, masonry, music, needlepoint, painting, planting, philosophizing. My teens do that a lot. They know so much. Sailing, selling, tailoring, thank you. Teaching, tent making, right? The list goes on and on and on, and I'm not going to belabor the point here, but the fact is, is that God made you with natural abilities, and the list that he pulls from in his awesome creativity seems to be endless. Are, are you tracking with me so far? God has gifted you. So in the time we have today, I want to show you three ways that you take your natural abilities. I don't know what everyone's is. I'm not going to focus on the ability itself, but I want to focus on three ways that you can take what God has given you and use them, Okay? 
And this is part of the niche profile, okay? Taking your natural abilities and using them in such a way that God can use you. And, and we're going to look at the rest of the, the niche profile in weeks to come. But this is, this is one part of it. Three ways God wants you to use your natural abilities. Whatever they are, his will for you, he wants you to use your natural abilities, uh, first and foremost, to honor him. He wants you to use your natural abilities to honor God. Do you know, whether it's embalming or embroidering or whatever it is, when you use your ability, you honor God? When you use it. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So if, if we put that into context, whatever your natural abilities are, use them for the glory of God. God gave you abilities as a gift, and it honors him when you use them. You know what that says to me? That says to me that there are some natural abilities that don't get noticed by people, but all abilities get noticed by God. Now, so on that list, it was, it was leading, right? So people that are kind of out front, and they're doing things, and they kind of have everyone, everyone kind of sees them. That gets noticed by people, but I would rather be noticed by a God who I'm honoring because I'm using my natural abilities, who, by the way, I'm going to stand before one day, and who made me, and who knows the deepest parts of me, than I ever would try to impress a person that has nothing to do with my future. You honor God when you use your natural abilities, there are no unimportant abilities. Whatever he gave you, he expects you to use. And get this, he spread the list of abilities among all of us to work in concert with one another. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. Are you using your natural abilities for God? I just want to give you about four seconds to kind of just take an inventory of yourself. Are you using your natural abilities for God? I don't care if you're a master mechanic or you're a natural-born leader able to lead an entire company, um, or you're the, the best grocery store bagger that Food Lion has ever seen. It doesn't matter to, to God. Are you using your abilities for God? Because when you use what God gave you, he's honored because his gifts aren't being wasted. I, I want you to think about, um, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you a story. There was a, a lady who uh, years ago who used to always give our staff at the church I was working at Christmas presents every year, and she wouldn't give us like the kind of the run of the mill. She would try to tailor it to our personalities and to where we were in life and really make them meaningful. And she used to always get me shirts. And I would, I would have these shirts that she would get me every single year. And uh, she's passed on now. Uh, but I, I loved this woman. I love her heart. By the way, she also had the gift of baking, so I loved her uh, doubly for that. Uh, but she would also she would give me these shirts every single year, and I began to realize um, when I wouldn't wear these shirts to church, she would say something to me about it. Why aren't you wearing the shirt I got you? <laughs> and it was all good. We were very close. But I, it hit me that anybody can give somebody a gift, but when they're honored by the gift is when you actually use it. When she saw me wearing the shirt, it was this, ah, he likes the shirt. He has the he. I'm honored by the fact that he's actually doing something with the gift that I gave him. And you think about any gift that you give somebody, you feel the most fulfilled as the gift giver when you see the other person that uses the thing that you gave them. 
Come on, are you tracking with me? God gave you natural abilities, and he is honored not when you put them on the back shelf and ignore them, but when you actually bring them to the front and use them as a part of what God is doing in your life to help lead other people to him. He's honored simply by the fact that you're using your gift. It doesn't matter if other people see it or not or if you're getting all the accolades. The God of the universe knows you. You're his masterpiece. He planned for you to do good things long before the foundations of the earth were created. And when you use your gifts, your natural abilities, God is honored. And so the first thing you need to do when it comes to your natural abilities is honor God with them. Use them. Does that make sense? The second thing he wants you to do is use your natural abilities to make a living. Now, this one kind of seems interesting. Why are we talking about work? I understand that not everyone can use every little thing that God gave you in order to make a living because sometimes you just got to take the job that you get. But every single job that you go to, you can take part of you, your natural abilities that God has given you, and infuse them into what you're doing. Somebody say amen. Come on, I'm going to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. You, you can take what God has given you and apply it to where you are. Contrary to what some might believe, God gave you natural abilities so that you could get a job, that you could make a life for yourself and for your family on this earth. In, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, uh, God says this to the people of Israel, remember the Lord your God. He's like, hey, remember, ding, 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 I'm going to point your attention to something. Don't forget this. It's God that gives you ability to produce wealth. This was a time when God had saved the nation of Israel, and they were going into a new place. And he says, you know what? It's, it's me that gives you the ability to produce and enjoy what you have. Don't forget that. Don't, don't forget it's me. And he did that because he intended for all of us to pull our own load, to, to use the natural abilities that we have to make a living. Now, I understand that there are some people who are disabled or injured or, or can't work because of a disability of some sort. Um, and that's okay. But short of that, God has given us the ability to be productive, and we're supposed to use our natural abilities to do so. Did you know that it honors God when you work? It, it honors Him. And it doesn't matter sometimes if, if you're retired and you are raking up pine straw into big piles, and you're making your life, and that's what you're doing, and you're diligent at it. God sees that, and He's honored by it. Or if you're making a, a Fortune 500 company billions of dollars a year and you're the, you're the point guy or gal, if you do it with all your heart and you do it to, to, to make a life for yourself using the natural abilities that God gave you, he's honored by it. Second Thessalonians 3, Paul's talking to the church, verse 7. Listen to what he says. This is an interesting part of the letter that he wrote this church. He said, listen, you, you know yourselves how you ought to follow our example. Your parents ever tell you that? You know what you're supposed to do, right? This is Paul's tone. We, whenever we were with you, we weren't idle. We, did, we didn't eat other people's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And we did this not because we don't have the right to such help. That's an interesting point there. But in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. And everybody understood real quickly. I want you to, to hear, hone in on the point here. Everybody understood that what I have to offer is important. And it's important that I offer it. It's important that I, that I offer it. There were a lot of people who were idle. And they were busy, but they weren't busy with their hands making a living or making a life. Uh, they were busy being busy bodies. 
And Paul said, don't, don't do that. that. Doing nothing, wasting your time, expecting to have the benefits of God and of the people that everybody else has. He said, you don't do it. You have natural abilities that you're supposed to be offering in order to make a living for yourself. Whether you're the one bringing home the paycheck or you're the parent or the spouse that's, that's making the home, we're supposed to be using our natural abilities to make a life. And here's the challenge as we do that, using your natural abilities um, at work. Listen, Colossians 3.23, Paul, the same author, talking to uh, the church, whatever you do, notice how he, that means that covers all of us, right? I don't care if what, what you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Listen, here's the thing, as working for the Lord not for human masters. You know what he's saying there? Imagine that Jesus is your boss, and when you work, you're working for him. Well, I don't like my job. You ever heard the song, you can take this job and shove it? That's what a lot of, that's what a lot of us have the mentality when it comes to our work. And Paul's saying, listen, no, you have natural ability. You're supposed to be imagining that Jesus is your boss and working at such a depth of character and such a diligence that, that God is actually proud by what he sees you doing. Well, I don't like coming to work. In fact, well, I do like coming to work. I just hate the eight hours it takes. I have to wait to go home. I hate that part. Don't worry. That will bounce off the wall and hit some of you in the back of the head in a minute, and you'll get it. Some of you homemakers, I don't clean my house. I just turn the lights off so nobody can see it. I childproofed my whole house, but my kids still managed to get in. Any of you have that attitude? Guy told his boss this, my resume is a bunch of things that I hope you never ask me to do. Teamwork is important. That way I can blame other people if something goes wrong. I don't work well under pressure or any other circumstance. I mean, some of us really have this attitude. Come on with me. Some of us really have this attitude when it comes to what we do in life. And God is saying, no, and Matt, you're supposed to remember that you're, you're not just working for humans. You're working for God himself. And whatever you do, you're supposed to be doing it as unto Jesus, giving it your very best. Now, again, please understand, I'm, I know some work environments and homes are, are harsh. I'm not saying be a doormat or a punching bag. But what I'm saying is do your job well as if you're going to have a conversation with God later in the day about what happened. Think about that. If you knew you were going to have a conversation with God and you were going to kind of give an account for your natural abilities and what God has, has put in you to do, and you knew you were going to have a conversation with God later about it, like literally face-to-face, -face, the God of the universe, would that change the way you go about your job? Would that change the way you go about your home? Would that change the way you go about using what God has given you? Come on, nod at me. I know you're thinking. I know it's like chewing nails. But the answer is, yeah, it would. God gave you natural abilities to do it well. And we should do that. Third thing God wants you to do with your natural abilities, say number three. This is where I want to hone in. You're supposed to serve each other. Supposed to serve other people with the giftings that God, the abilities that God has put inside of us. Ephesians 4, this is Paul talking to the Ephesian church. By the way, anytime I say this is Paul talking to the Ephesian church or the church at Rome or whatever, he's talking to us, okay? All these letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote are instructions to us, to the church. 
And so when he says it to them, it's not just, oh, that's good. He's actually saying it to us. We believe the word of God is God-breathed, and this is coming from God himself. We're supposed to serve others. This is what he says. He says, now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And all those have their role, right? And he says their responsibility, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, I want to read that again because I really want you to get that. God gave the church apostles, that's leaders of leaders of leaders, prophets, those who can, can prophesy and speak into the life of the church of things to come. Evangelists, those whose gifting is to go out and, and preach and people be saved. And he gave pastors, pastors are the, the local leaders of the body of Christ to shepherd the church. And teachers, those who are gifted in wisdom, who can impart wisdom to other people. God gave all of that to the church. That's a gift, he says. And he says their responsibility, listen, is to equip the people to do his work, God's work, so that the body of Christ can be built up. And I, th I think that's an important verse. He's saying, you know what? Saints are to serve, not warm seats. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. God gave some as leaders to equip other people to serve. And did you know that the outcome is always better when we team up? It is. The outcome, the end result is always better when there's lots of people involved. Some of the parallel scriptures that we read in Proverbs is that plans succeed in the counsel of many. Right? And if you want to be wise, go seek wise counsel. That's, that's in the wisdom part of it. But when you think about the results that God can give, he does it through people. He does it through you. And it's easy to sit there and go, well, you know, a bunch of pastors, they, they can do it. They're really called to do it. No, we're called to equip you to do the work so that the body of Christ can be built up. There are people that are good at stuff that you're not. And you're good at things that other people aren't. And this is a very practical principle. Um, did you know that you're different from your spouse? Have you figured that out yet? And the reason God put you together is because they're good at stuff that you're not. Let me, let me just take a poll real fast. How, how many of you are the, the one that does the budget in the family? And, like, you're the, you're the one that does the bills and the budget. You can raise your hand if you feel comfortable, and, and, or if not, if you don't. And you're, just, you're that person, and, and the other person is not. God will typically put together two people. Typically, there's a nerd and a free spirit. And, and I'm, this is not new with me, but, but typically that's what happens. The nerd is like the, the bills by the budget. This is the policy, and, and the free spirit is there just to drive them nuts. I, I'm just kidding. The free spirit is there because there needs to be some balance and rules and regulations in life, right? And I, some of you just breathed a sigh of relief when I said that. You're supposed to work in concert with each other. That's, and that's just one example. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, you're good at things that other people aren't good at. And you're supposed to complement, in, in a marriage relationship, you're supposed to complement each other's strengths and compensate for their weaknesses, and I think the tragedy is, is a lot of people don't compensate for each other's weaknesses. They criticize each other's weaknesses. And that's not the way God intended it. You, you actually are supposed to come into it knowing that, hey, you're supposed to make up for the areas I'm weak in. And I'm, I'm going to make up with my strengths the areas that you are weak in. And God made you with abilities, natural abilities, to serve each other. And that's why he made it for the church, too. 
And sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I, I really believe that God has called me into ministry. And I hear other people say, well, you know, I don't feel called to do that particular thing. The, the fact is, is that God has called every believer into ministry. Every single believer. And some people think the only calling that God gives is to a, a pastor or a missionary or some nun or something or some monk living in a, on a mountain somewhere. But every person that is born is called by God. And the calling is first to salvation, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And after that, the job, the, the calling is to service. And he, he talks about the church and what we are. And, and I know we live in an area of the world where church is Sunday and we come to church or we watch online and, and we just kind of observe and we take in and then we go off and try to apply it obscurely to our lives somehow. But that's really not what the church is. That's not the way the Bible talks about it. L listen to what, what uh, Paul tells the Corinthian church in chapter 12, verse 18. He says he compares it to our bodies. He's like, our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. Think about your body for a minute. Your hands, your fingers, your eyes, your nose, all that kind of stuff. Your organs, your feet. He said, how strange would a body be if it only had one part? You seen Monsters, Inc.? Like with the big eyeball right here in the front, you know? That would be weird. He says, it would be crazy if, and, and weird, strange, if the body only had one part. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And he describes the church as a body. You ever heard the expression, we are the body of Christ? What does that mean? Well, we're God's hands. We are God's feet. We're supposed to be serving each other in such a way that Jesus actually said that when you do that well and show your love for each other that well, that's how people on the outside, people that aren't, aren't saved, they're not Christians, they haven't professed Jesus, the Lord of their life, that's how, he, that's how they understand God's love is because of the way we treat each other and the way we serve each other. And he's saying we're like this body, and every body part kind of comes together, and maybe it serves a different purpose in our own niches, right? But we're serving each other in such a way that the body of Christ is built up. And the pastors and the teachers and, and those who are in leadership are equipping you in such a way that you are fulfilled in what you're doing. And you're fulfilled in serving each other. 1 Peter 4.10, this is one of Jesus' disciples, one of the twelve. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve other people. Listen to what he says is the result of that. You're faithful stewards of God's grace. When you do, get this, in its various forms, all different kinds of gifts that we've been given. But, you know, you're faithful stewards of God's grace that he's shown you when you serve each other. Well, that sounds like a good option when I'm ready. Now, you know, I, I, then I'll figure out what I'm going to do going forward. Right now, I'm still praying. Right now, I just feel like I'm not. No, that's not what he says. Ephesians 2.10 said that we were created in Christ to do good works. Get this part, which he prepared in advance for us to do. You know what that says? That says that before you even thought about serving anywhere, God already had a place for you, and he calls you his masterpiece. And he says, you know, this is, this is what I want for you. This is my plan for you. This isn't some option that I give you once you finally come to a knowledge of who I am. Once you come to a, knowledge, a saving knowledge of me, I invite you into the plan that I already had for you. And he says, it's, it's this beautiful plan. It's this plan to honor me. It's this plan to go out into your job and into your life and use these natural abilities. It's, it's this plan to serve someone else. 
It's this plan to take your place in the body of Christ. You want to find your God's will for your life? Then serve. Serve somebody. Did you know that consuming will never lead to fulfillment? It kind of seems counterintuitive. But could it be that God created us to do good works, not just for benevolence sake, but because giving of ourselves is actually an opportunity? Could, could it be that, that giving of ourselves, the thing that helps us feel like the best version of us, the, the thing that makes us the most joyful, the thing that makes us the most satisfied and, and maybe even the happiest, could it be that, that giving, that, that that's actually when we feel our best, is when we serve and give of ourselves? I mean, just maybe, I want you to pick up the, the sarcasm here, maybe God knows what he's talking about. <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe when we serve, that's when we're the most fulfilled. But consuming will never lead you to fulfillment, ever. Hear me again, ever. It will never lead you to fulfillment. And I think sometimes that's why maybe some of you, maybe you're unhappy. Even though you come here and you attend church services all the time, there's still that void in you that you can't seem to fill no matter how often you come here. And, and, and maybe for you it's about just the next service. It's about, hey, I wonder what the band's going to play coming. I hope it's a song that I like. Uh, and, or, or maybe it's, you know what, I hope the, the sermon is good. I hope that, you know, he says some things that it's not, you know, too hard, but, but I like it. Uh, I hope it's not too hot or cold in the room, which the answer is yes. But we, sometimes we get into this consumer mentality, and, and those aren't bad things to think about. Please don't get me wrong, but it can't be all you think about. We're, we're supposed to serve each other. We're supposed to give of ourselves. We're supposed to, we're supposed to honor God with the natural abilities that we have within the church and within our lives. We're supposed to be giving of ourselves. Did you know that, that Jesus found total fulfillment when, during his time on this earth? He found total fulfillment when he was giving up himself and giving himself out, serving other people. One time he, he was doing it and he, he, there was this lady that came and, and, and she was a, a really bad sinner and, and he kind of told her some things and ministered to her in such a way where not only did she come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus was, but she went back to her whole town and, and it did some amazing things in that town, rocked the town. And they came out and they, they spent some time with Jesus. And, and the disciples had come back a little bit before that and they had food. And Jesus was like, yo, I've got food that you don't know about. And they thought he was talking about some meal that he had, he had eaten before. And, and really what he was saying is, this fills me in such a way that I don't even need natural food. I was the most fulfilled when I'm giving myself away. And if that's the story of Jesus, if that's the, the discipline of Jesus, then how is it supposed to be different for us? It's not. Listen to me, church. We're the most fulfilled when we're serving other people, walking in the will of God. And that's what this series is, trying to find out what is our niche. And today we're talking about using your natural abilities, but the bottom line is, is we're supposed to be serving, serving each other. You, you may have seen some people walking around with, with these stickers, and it says, I found it. And really what that means is, I found my niche, serving in the kingdom of God. And we're talking specifically during this, this series uh, in terms of these stickers about having opportunities to serve at the church. Because you know what? We don't want to just tell you about these great things that you need to be doing for God and not give you opportunities to do it right here. Because the fact is, is that there's plenty of opportunities for you to serve. 
there's opportunities in, in just about every single ministry that we have here for you to give of yourself. And there are volunteers that do this. If you're in the room today or listening online, there are volunteers that are there right now serving your kids and serving behind the scenes so that you can come here and enjoy. I'm so proud of our volunteers that serve here. And the fact is, is that a lot of them are wearing these stickers today. I found it. We've got a table in the lobby right now. You'll see it when you go by. You may have seen it when you come in. And it's, it's got a sign-up sheet to serve just very plainly. Hey, I want to get involved. I want to use my natural abilities to serve God. And we made some frequently asked question sheets about some different ministries so that you can find out some information. But the push today is this, sign up to serve somewhere. I want to give you the opportunity to do it right here at your home church. And, and I hope you're, you're using your natural abilities to serve your families. I hope you're using your natural abilities to serve your work, but you can sign up to serve right here. Just a couple of things real fast. We, we need some people in our guest services. How many of you love the fact that when you come to church, you actually come to an environment that feels friendly and welcoming, and there's always a smiling face to greet you? Can we just give our, our VIP and our, our, our door greeters and our usher team a big hand? I mean, they work awesome. Right now, we, we need some people in the parking lot. We need some people that can, look, this is, this is, it doesn't get any better than this, to smile and wave at cars when they come in. That's, that's important to me, and it's important to our team. I think anybody could do that, but it makes a huge difference to people that don't know Jesus Christ, and they're trying to experience a church service for the first time. The Bible says a joyful look brings joy to the heart. And when people come into this parking lot, that's the first thing they see. We need smiling faces out there to say, you know what? I love Jesus, and you can know him too through a smile and a wave. I'm supposed to put this sticker on. I'm going to do it right now because I found my niche. My niche is, is leading and teaching. It's my passion, and God's called me to do it. One of the, the biggest things that we need right now is we need bridge group leaders. Right now we have about seven bridge groups, and bridge groups is the heart and soul of discipleship here at this church. It's great to come to church services, but guys, life happens in smaller groups. It's biblical. Jesus did it that way. And there are some great, amazing stories of things that are happening in life groups, uh, bridge groups, and, and the people that are in them. But there are so many of you that want to be in a bridge group right now that can't because we don't have bridge group leaders. And we need spiritual parents, people that are, are along in their Christian walk that can help facilitate these bridge groups. Is that you? Would, would you say, hey, I'm interested in finding out more about, about bridge groups. There's a place you can sign up out there. And we want to give you a sticker. I found it. And that's not the push. I know you get stickers at the bank and lollipops and stuff like that. But it's more than that. It's, this is a, a visual thing that says, you know what? I'm not going to stand idly by, but I'm going to use the giftings, the natural abilities that God has given me and I'm going to serve the church with them. We're going to be doing this all throughout this series, but I want you to take a, a, a step today, and I want you to go visit that table and find out the different. If you don't sign up today, it's not going to be the end of the world. We do want you to sign up for ministry. We do want to get this ball rolling with you because it's an opportunity. God is honored when you, when you use your natural abilities. There's all kinds of ministries out there for you to get involved in. But, guys, here's the, here's the bottom line is that you have a purpose for your life that God uniquely made for you to do. And there are areas of ministry that you can get involved in that nobody else can bring that level of uniqueness but you. So don't waste it. We're going to continue this series next week, uh, and we're going to be talking about a different area of the niche profile. Can I pray with you before we go? God, we're so grateful that, Lord, not only have you made all of us, but you made each of us uniquely. And Holy Spirit, I just I thank you for the fact that, that you have taken the, your word and used me as a, as a mouthpiece and landed it 
Lord, in, in the hearts of the people here, listening online, in the room today. And, and Father, we're, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our gifts to you, our natural abilities to you, and we want you to help us to use them greater. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Can we say amen? I love you guys so much. I want you to stand to your feet, take a stretch, and I want you to have a great week this week as you leave. If you're here for the very first time today, please take a second and fill out your Connect card. We want to know that you were here. Um, if you need prayer, please let us know on those Connect cards. Guys, go, to give you a second and go visit the, the table out front. We want, want you to be a part of that today. Have a great week, guys. I'll see you next time.